Welcome back in everyone to a fabulous new Whisper in the Wings. We are so honored to be welcoming on today's guests and today's show. This is our first BAM show that we get to cover with you today. And joining us to talk about it, we have three incredible performers from the show. We have Tess Goldwyn, Gus Bernie, and Jose Espinosa. They're part of Mart Foundation and Arlequin Players Theater presentation of our class which is playing now through february 11th it's just been extended which is very exciting and it's at bam fisher fishman space you can get your tickets and more information by visiting ourclassplay.com we are so excited to be sharing this show as i mentioned especially because of the story being told. And we couldn't have asked for a better panel to do so. So with that, let us welcome on our guests, Tess, Gus, Jose, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you so much. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. It's great to be here. I am overjoyed to have all of you here. I'm overjoyed to be diving into this incredible show that you have, especially as of the day we're recording, I get to attend the show this evening. So I'm so excited about this. So, Jose, why don't I start with you? Could you tell us a little bit about what our class is about? Yeah, so our class is about a group of 10 students in Poland. It starts in 1930s Poland, and it's it follows the our, our class from the time that they're young children up until the ends of these people's lives, some of which, some of whom make quick departures from the earth and some of whom are around for a lot longer. And so obviously, you know, 1930s Europe, there's a lot of political and social upheaval. So it sort of follows what happens with the interpersonal dynamics of these classmates as the world around them is changing quite dramatically. Wow, what an incredible story. Now, I'm interested to know, Gus, with you, yeah. how did you come upon this piece? I got an audition over the summer. I had heard about Igor like a year and a half ago because I'm kind of friends with Jessica Hecht, who is a close friend of his, I guess, and also Tess's, and it turns out everyone in the show. And she had asked me to audition for The Orchard, which was Igor's last show. And I couldn't, I was a bridesmaid at my cousin's wedding, so I couldn't do the show. Well, I couldn't audition. And then I got an audition for our class and I was so excited because I had heard about Igor and I was really excited to potentially work with him. And then I met with him a couple times. I met Jose and Andre, another actor in the play. And yeah, it just, it was something that really scared me. And like my part, you'll see tonight and I won't spoil anything, but like I go pretty early in the show. Well, I just did spoil it, so sorry. But I I was just so excited and I felt like it was something, you should always do things that scare you and I wanted to push myself. And I've said this to Tess and Jose a million times, but I really love our cast so much and like we've all gotten really close and it's been quite the adventure. That is so incredible. Well, Tess, you're the next voice joining us on this. Yes. I'd love to know what your journey to joining this show is. Yeah, well, similarly to Gus, I I know the awesome, amazing, incredible Jessica Hecht, who is also a teacher, and i taking cl acting class with her in the past, and she recommended me to Igor as well for The Orchard, and then so I, I, knew, I knew about him a little bit, and 
Yeah. And just honestly, in like the New York actor orbit, I'd heard Igor's name in other places, like just uh, about that he's just such an innovative, incredible director. And then in May, he was putting together a read through for our class, which Jose was also a part of. And yeah, they emailed me and they said, we got your, your info from Jessica and invited me to do the reading. And then similarly to Gus, I went in a couple more times over the summer and went through a series of like callbacks and meetings and then got cast. So yeah, it's really exciting just to just to echo Gus. It's it's like a really cool group of actors. And we're like pulling people from Russia and, and Ukraine. And it's a very like diverse body of of folks from all over the world. And our, our producers immigrated from Russia, the Mart Foundation recently as well. So it's a very exciting team. That is amazing. I love all that. Well, Jose, it sounds like you've been the one hanging around the longest for this production. So I'm curious to know, what has it been like developing this show, Art Class? Well, so we had this reading in May that Tess talked about, which was great. And then the producers of the show did something which I think was amazing and that every show should do is we had a three-day retreat to the Berkshires in October when it just had started to get like gloomy and spooky up there and the leaves were falling off the trees where... We kind of, outside of the pressure of like a normal rehearsal schedule, we were just investigating the play. And so we would do yoga in the morning in this big, beautiful house, and then just sit around in a circle and sort of started to do our table work there. And, you know, this isn't a spoiler to say that the subject matter of the play is quite dark. The things that happen to some people in the play, to almost everyone, contain a lot of violence and trauma and, and difficult things. And to get to work on the piece in such a nice holistic environment where we really got to know each other and care for each other as human beings before beginning rehearsal was wonderful. And just, I feel like set us up for a, a really nice like familial environment where we could all take care of each other during rehearsal and, and performance. So that was in October. And then we started rehearsal in December, you know, right in Times Square where all the action is. And, and then moved over to BAM at the beginning of, of January. So it, it was great to be with this group. like through the holidays and New Year's and, and and then to move our way over to Brooklyn, which is close to me. So I'm really happy about that and, and get to do the show. I love that. Love that. Tess, I'd love to know, is this the world premiere of the piece then? So this is the New York premiere of our class. Our class has, this might be wrong, but I believe over had over 200 productions around the world. Maybe that's a high number. Is that true? I think it's true. If you said it, that might be a high number. I I feel like I saw a statistic very recently. It might be a high number, but it's had a lot of productions. I believe mainly in Europe, but also some in other American states. And it's been really well received. You know, the play is based on this book by Jan Gross, which came out, I believe, in two thousand one, called Neighbors, which is basically like a historical recounting of the events that the play is based on. And then our playwright today, Slobojanic wrote this, I believe in 2006. So it's had a long life before premiering at BAM with us, but it's really cool to bring it to New York and to this theater community now. And it feels like almost like a new experience because Igor's production is so, you'll see tonight, it's very unusual and really thoughtful and incredible. And a lot of people don't know about this play or this story. So it kind of feels like a, a new thing, even though a lot of people around the world have have seen it in other productions. That's wonderful. That's incredible. That piece has done been done so much, and yet it continues to, if you will, evolve. It's a lot. It's alive. It's breathing. 
the continue yeah. to to have a new life. So that's amazing. It's mm. interesting. Like some some people, it's completely brand new to, and they've never heard of it. But I've also talked to a few people after the show who are like, I saw a production in Serbia. I saw the production at the National Theater in London, and now I'm seeing this show. That it's like stuck with them enough and feels significant enough that they they want to come see our production. That's so wonderful. I love hearing that. Gus, I want to come back to you. And I would love to know with all of these important and and sad but but hard issues being talked about in the show, what is the message or thought you hope audiences take away from our class? Yeah, it's complicated. I did a talk back like last week and Al and Rich, two other actors in the show, had an amazing answer for this. And I wish I could remember what they said. You know, I guess every night I kind of leave and I'm like, I want to be a kinder human being. And, you know, obviously the Holocaust was a horrible, horrific period of time. And, you know, I mean, there's no excuse for what was happening then. But I think it's kind of important what the show is doing is like shedding light on like the children and like the youth and how these people were all friends and like little kids at one point or not all friends, but like they grew up together and then they grow up and like society changes people and like things go wrong and, you know, the world can make you like a bitter, awful human being. And it's just like, it, I don't really know what my answer is for that, except that like, I, I guess I'm always leaving and I'm like, I want to be a kinder human being after doing this and like kind of a little bit more accepting of I don't know of people but I bet Jose and Tess have have better answers Jose <laughs> Tess would either of you like to to add in on that no that's wonderful that's wonderful I feel the same way that it's I think the play is great because it's not didactic and it's telling you how to feel or what you yeah. should do but what Gus said I think is really beautiful of like it really reminds me every night of the child inside all of us and the, the pure innocence and warmth of childhood, even when all these other things are are around you and pressing on you. But I, I loved your answer, I thought it was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree with both of you. And I feel like what's really interesting about our plays, you hear like about what each of these people had to go through and you know, people might come away from the play feeling like they're villain, they're more villainous characters than, and they're more, you know, innocent characters. But I think what's really interesting is that the play explores each character's own story and all that they had to go through. And you kind of see how like, um, just going off of Gus and Jose's points, like you see how like the, the innocence of childhood is just like corrupt by life circumstance and then creates people who are adults who just don't always know how to navigate their circumstances. And I think it's a really like very relevant human story and something that like Igor talks about a lot is like, he wants this play to feel like it could happen now, you know, even though this is a historical piece, he he feels like if he wants people to ask if they were in this circumstance, what would they do? And I, I think that's really true. Like it really explores human beings, not archetypes. And, and I think that that is something that we can all sort of connect with no, no matter how we how we come away thinking about each character. So well said. I love those thoughts. Those are so wonderful. And we've now arrived at my final question for this first part, which I'm going to start with you on, Tess. And that is, who do you hope have access to our class? 
you know, it's always so hard in, in New York theater because to, as we all know, ticket prices are, can be very tricky, but I hope that young people have access to art class. I feel like that is really important. And I think that our producers are doing a really good job of inviting students to see our play. Like for example, this coming Saturday, we're having two shows fully dedicated to, to students and uh, with the talk back. And I feel like it's really important for young people to see this play specifically engaging with, you know, the horrific events that are happening all around the world right now. And, you know, even thinking about like our political future in America and how the new generation can help shape these, you know, these future circumstances. I feel like young people seeing this place is really going to be important and moving thing to try to make happen as much as possible. So I'm, I'm proud of our, our product producing team for, for getting young people in the door. Love that. Love that. Jose, how about you? Who do you hope have access? Something I wanted to say, maybe in relation to your last question that also connects to this one, is our production, I can't stress this highly enough, is so inventive and theatrical and pushes the boundaries of what live theater can do. And I think that's really credit to Igor and also the producing team and all the amazing artists who worked on this show, Jan Papelbaum, the, the scenic designer and the amazing projections and sound. So I also, I want young people to come and I want people who are interested in the all the possibilities of theater. Because I think Igor begins the rehearsal process not saying like, not working from a confined place, but really working from an expansive place of, of what can we bring to the stage. And so I think something that's really neat, I want people that are interested in the future of theater. Our show in, incorporates technology. It incorporates a lot of different kinds of multimedia things. We're interested in that kind of work and in boundary defying theater to come see the show and be inspired by it. That is a fabulous answer. I love that. Wrapping us up for this first part, Gus, who do you hope have access? Well, I mean, honestly, kind of what Jose just said, but maybe slightly the opposite. Like, I think people who who don't think they like theater and like don't think it's their cup of tea. I had a friend come last night who's totally not a theater person. And like what we're doing on stage is so not I, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I'm not watching it. I'm in it. So I actually don't know what it looks like. But I, I really do think it's pushing the envelope in such an innovative new way that you really that if you think you're not into like the standard play format of just like sitting watching people talk, it's a totally different experience. And yes, there's really heavy, dark subject matter, but it's actually, there's really funny stuff. There's really creative, like fun, happy moments and music and dancing and light. And it's just so, I mean, it's, it really has everything that you could want. So come see it. second part of our interviews we love letting our listeners get the chance to get to know our guests a little bit more pull the curtain back if you will and i'd love to start by asking the three of you what or who inspires you what playwrights composers or shows have inspired you in the past or just some of your favorites and gus am i okay to start with you on this one Okay, yeah, we can start with me. I mean, I'll say 
a couple years ago, I saw the band's visit or a band's visit. Not sure if it's an A or a the at the beginning, but I loved it so much. It was like, uh, our play is nothing like this, but in some ways it's, it's creative in the same way. And it's kind of unconventional in the same way. And that really inspired me and made me want to do theater. And that was actually a musical. So it's just, I really love the direction that that play went in and how it was just, I don't know, it felt like nothing I'd ever seen before. And also my mom inspires me. She's like the most amazing person. And she like, I don't know, that's really not what you were asking. But you know, I just I feel like I have two actor parents, and they've both kind of creatively like pushed me and supported me my whole life and continue to do so. And like, and my brother, he's a writer, like, I don't know, I'm so lucky because I feel like my family is so artistic and they make me think bigger and believe harder and all of that stuff. So it's really my family. That is a wonderful answer. That is spot on. I love that. Jose, what are who inspires you? Whoa, so many, so many different things. But the things that just came to mind that are sort of related to this show are I'm really inspired by the work of Anne Bogart and the City Company, and they just have had like a seminal influence on me as a theater maker. And particularly with this space that we're in, Bam Fisher, because the first time I was there, I saw their show, The Medium. But I learned so much through working with them and and through Anne's work. What? Who else inspires me? I saw also the the Ostermeyer Hamlet at Bam last year, and in this same thing, I like when people really start from the square one of being like, there are no rules, let's make something really inventive and that is so different. And so I felt like that show really did that for me as well. My favorite play is The Seagull. My favorite color is green. My favorite season is summer. <laughs> and favorite fruits are avocados. So that's what I got. I love that. I've never had an answer like that before. So that is fabulous. <laughs> Tess, how about you? What are your inspirations? Yeah, I also have so many. I I I love films, so I've been seeing all of these films this year that are, you know, these awards films, and that's been very inspiring for me as I've prepped for our class. In terms of theater, I'll go way back. I saw Wicked when I was eight years old and said, what on earth I want to be doing that. That was my first big memory. And then when I was 15, I saw Venus and Fur by David Ives on Broadway. And saw Nina Arianda performing and I said, that is the best thing I've ever seen. And yeah, recently this year, some things I thought were awesome. I really just loved Appropriate a lot. I loved the Refuge plays at Roundabout. I loved Stereophonic. I don't know, it's cool. It feels like there's so many new, exciting plays reaching New York theater that are very inventive and unusual. And I feel like that's been really inspiring to see as we're as we're uh, doing our our unusual and amazing play. <laughs> so yeah, I will say that. And, you know, I am getting so inspired by performers who just like commit out the wazoo to what they're doing. And I, I really find our ensemble inspiring every day because I really feel like, I was really thinking about that last night, actually, when I was laying in bed. Like we, we all just throw ourselves into this crazy world that we've created on stage. And and that always inspires me the most out of anything else. So that is what I will say. 
Can I add one? Because I yeah. thought while they were talking. Years ago, I saw this play. I don't know if Tess or Jose, you saw this. It was called Punk Rock. It was directed by Trip Coleman. And like, awesome. I was in high school at the time. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I want to be in this. And it was it was so dangerous and scary and real. And like, oh my gosh, it just made me want to be an actor so bad. And in some ways, I mean, our play is completely different. But like, we have the same quality of like, I think there's, it's so dangerous and so alive up there. And yes, so I'm connecting it to our class, but punk rock was so, you so you both saw it. You know, I think I've read it. I don't think I saw the production, but I did hear that it was amazing. Yeah. Gus made me think about a show that I saw that I was like, I need to be an actor too, which was, is now coming back to New York. So maybe you'll have them on the podcast, which is Jerusalem with Mark <gasps> Rockwell. It's coming back. Oh my God. I don't know. Maybe this is a bad rumor. I need to check my sources, but that show, I don't know. That was amazing. 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 Wonderful inspirations all around. That was fantastic. I love all that. Well, I know all of you have been busy with the show, but I'm going to go ahead and ask have any of you seen any great theater lately that you might be able to suggest to our listeners? I mentioned it in my inspirations a little bit, so I don't mean to be repetitive, but I I really loved Appropriate and I really loved Stereophonic, which are both still or going to be open. I really loved the Refuge plays, but I think that might have closed. That was at Roundabout. And I'll I'll keep thinking while these while these if these two have answers. <laughs> I'm trying to see both Appropriate and Stereophonic. I saw a job over the summer and I thought it was great. And now I'm thrilled that it's back. So I would would pitch that show. It was just so hyper-verbal in a really interesting, clever, fun way. And I thought the performances were great. It was like a gripping 90 minutes of intimate theater. So there's my my lift up. <laughs> I've seen, I saw Job and Stereophonic too, and they were fantastic. I feel like something's wrong with my memory because I know I've seen theater recently. But I think our play has just taken over my brain that I can't remember anything. But I know there's wonderful things out. I really want to see Prayer for the French Republic. Oh, yeah. Me too. Really bad. So I've heard amazing things. And yeah. If you're in Brooklyn and you're there this week and you're in Fort Greene and you see our show and you're like, I want to see more theater. There's this Russian director, Dmitry Krimov, who is very well known in Russia and then left because of the war. And he's doing the show, Eugene Onegin in our own words, that's at the Brick Theater. That's great and super inventive and pushes mm. boundaries. I think it's only going for a few more days, but it's the third time they've done it. I saw it at La Mama and that show's really worth seeing. Oh, cool. I also really want to see Merrily We Roll Along, but oh, I want to see that too. Yeah, some wonderful, wonderful suggestions in there. I want to ask now, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? And Jose, I'm going to start with you on that. I think it's two separate, two different things. I think the first one is that what drew me to the theater is that I loved reading as a child and I love the power and imaginative possibilities of language. And I like living in worlds created by poetry where you're speaking beautiful text and it's heightened reality in a more beautiful way. And I love experiencing 
that heightened reality on a daily basis is number one. And the second one is just like being part of a theater family that every time work on a show, it's like get to know people on a deeper level than, than you do in most mundane interactions. And you're all working together. Like so many people worked on our show. We're three of dozens and dozens of people that have had an impact on the show. And it's like so wonderful to feel all that creative life force going into the same thing and know that everyone is sort of in service of a piece of art is is beautiful for me. That is a wonderful answer. I love that. Gus, how about you? I guess it's twofolded. So one, I love how it connects, like theater connects people. It's kind of what Jose said, but like not only us as a cast, like we get to know each other in a way that you would never get to know anybody like on the street or working together at like a nine to five job. Like it's just such an intimate thing, but also you get to know people after the show that come up to you and have experienced something with you. And it's so beautiful how like, it just connects you and like, I don't know, in such a special, really intimate way. And my second part of the answer is I love to feel things so fully and deeply. And I've done more TV and more like film stuff. I'm humble bragging than theater. And last year I did a play. And then this year is like my second really big play. And it's such a different thing doing a play because it's like such an alive feeling to be on stage in front of people. and like, no, you could mess up and like have a nervous breakdown in front of people. And you have to focus and be present. And like all being an actor requires is to just feel. And it's like such a superpower. Like what an amazing job to just, that's what you have to do is just like be present and feel things and look at someone and connect. And it's like so beautiful. And I feel like that's a different thing in theater than it is on a set because on a set, it's just like people are there and starting and stopping and you're not really in the moment. And, you know, in theater, like lights are on you and you can't see anything. And I mean, I'm somebody that listens to music and I walk down the street and I'm like, I'm in a film right now. Like, you know, you like pretend you're, I don't know what I'm saying, but I just feel like it's such a magical thing being on stage. And that is my answer. Tess, take it away. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, everything, everything you guys said. Yeah, I mean, this is my first big New York theater experience as an actor. And I really feel like there's like a magic religious quality to, to being in a show that I'm now really realizing as, as I'm doing this and, I don't know, there's something like holy <laughs> about theater and and being in a space with other actors. I love off of what Gus said, like the it's just like the train starts and you have to keep going. And it's like if someone does something new or strange, you just have to keep rolling with that. And it's such a cool experience. And and off of what Gus just said as well, like we our theater's fairly small and you like walk out and you see people immediately and that is just such a cool incredible thing about theater and another thing is just acting acting every day is like so (laughs) lucky and uh, unbelievable so being able to do that for our job right now is just the thing I love the most for sure and getting to act with really awesome people so yeah but I could go on and on and on about theater. <laughs> but those are two, those are two very special things. 
I love that. Lovely answers all around. Love why you all are doing this. And a great lead into my favorite question to ask guests. And of course, that is, what is your favorite theater memory? When I was 10 years old, I took a acting class and I was very shy. And I would had never really been like applauded for being talented. My parents maybe, but like not my family. And I got a solo in the class and it was singing put on your Sunday clothes and I got to sing like the opening line by myself and it was like the most amazing moment of my entire life when I found out I got that part that little solo and it was like 10 bars but I seriously like the entire day I just could not I could not contain myself with excitement that I was going to get to sing this and I did and I was amazing guys but like that was years ago and like maybe six people saw it. But I remember that feeling so intensely of like, oh my gosh, I was chosen and I was picked. And this is like, everyone's watching me shine and put on my Sunday clothes. So that's mine. That is a wonderful memory though. I love that. And I'm sure you killed it. Just nailing, put on your Sunday clothes. Yes, get it. Who would like to go next? Yeah, I'm I'm torn. There are so many like amazing memories I have, but I'm just going to go back to to the big one for me. When I was a kid, I was like 15, and I think it was one of the first plays I'd seen in New York and Venus and Fur, which I talked about earlier. Yeah, and I I I truly remember watching Nina Arianda on stage and having never seen a woman do that (laughs) and that character and that unusual sexual raw like incredible (laughs) performance and she was so uninhibited and you know I think that was one of the first times that I really fell in love with acting and like felt like that was a path that I absolutely had to pursue like I'd done I'd done a lot of musicals in school as as I'm sure we all have and I just that was the first time I'd seen someone like go (laughs) all the way and it was amazing so that was a really amazing memory for me i love that memory that is a wonderful memory though thank you for sharing that jose bring us home hey well i i didn't i came to the theater kind of late i did my first play when i was 21 and the story i want to tell is about that the audition for that play i wasn't an actor i was a sports kid growing up i never had done anything in the theater And then I was in college and someone asked me to audition for Our Lady of 121st Street, this play by Stephen Adley Girgis. And it was a cold read in this audition. I just remember seeing the words on the page and just knowing, knowing the character and feeling like something could come out of me that I'd never let out before. And and that the words just brought it out of me and it felt, I felt such a release and it, then, of course, like everyone says, it was just a total drug to the arm where I just wanted more and more of that. But it just sort of connected to what I'd said before, just seeing how how words and language can be so rich and evocative of experience. I felt like it was a magical moment. And and I got I got the part and I got to do the play. But that first audition, I was like, oh, I'm I'm meant to do this. I understand that this needs to come out of me. And this is the way to do it. 
That is so wonderful. Thank you all so much for all of those wonderful memories. I, I loved all of them. Those were so wonderful. So thank you all so much. We've now arrived at my final question for all of you. And that, of course, is if our listeners would like more information about our class or about any of you, maybe they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do so? On the gram, baby. <laughs> I think that the show has yeah. a, a active social media presence. I have a less active social media presence, but you can find me through there. And I think that's probably, for me, the, the, the easiest way to find out more about the show and find out more about me. Send me a message. Love to connect. Sam here. Yeah, on Instagram. Great tool. Me too, on Instagram just my name and our class has Instagram. And as you said earlier, they have a website, ourclassplay.com. I just got to throw one more plug in there that if you're a little bit scared by the subject matter of the show, be a little bit scared, but it's still worth coming to see because as yeah. Gus said, there is levity, there is warmth, there is a lot of love in this play. And I'm someone that it takes a lot for me to go see a show where I know it's not going to be all fun and games, and sometimes that will keep me at home. But I think this is one where it is worth it to have the experience of being in the theater, and you will emerge a better human being as a result. Wonderful. Well, thank you all so much for your time today, for stopping by to speak with us about this incredible show, and for just sharing all that you have today. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate all of you taking the time to speak with us. So thank you so much. Thank you for having us. This has been super fun. Yeah, and great question. question. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for having interest in our play. It's it's really awesome. Very excited about attending tonight. Very excited, especially after learning more about it from all of you. It sounds just so incredible. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't, can't wait, wait to, to be destroyed and then built back up. It'll be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. My guests today have been the incredible performers, Tess Goldwyn, Gus Burney, and Jose Espinosa, all who are part of Mart Foundation and Arlequin Players Theater presentation of our class. It's playing now through February 11th at BAM Fisher Fishman Space, and you can get your tickets and more information by visiting ourclassplay.com. We also have some other contact information for the show and for our guests, which we'll be listing in our episode description as well as on our social media posts. But make sure you hurry and get your tickets now. It's just extended, so tickets are going fast for this incredible show. It's our class playing now through February 11th at BAM Fisher Fishman Space. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater in a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. 
you'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit stagewhisperpod.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.